I am Brandon Greenhouse. And I am Jane Blackburn Hammer. And you are listening to Movies We Missed. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> um, it's a podcast dedicated to um, re-examining uh, movies from the past that for one reason or another, one of us just didn't get around to seeing. And this week, I've selected a gorgeous piece of cinema for Brandon to watch, which he, for some reason, never got around to seeing. And it's the 2002 smash hit Crossroads starring Britney Spears, none other than. And I chose this movie because, uh, well, for a number of reasons. Number one, I've seen it a hundred times. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, I loved this movie when I yeah, came no, out. Yeah, no, that's cool. No, and honestly, I didn't hear any judgment in your voice, so that was that's good. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I loved this movie when it came out, not for the reason that, like, I thought it was a good movie, but for some reason it was just like it was one of those comfort movies for me where it was like you put it on you don't really have to pay attention you get some you know some classic 2002 jams in the background there's a love story to root for and you can fall softly to sleep while watching it i mean that's true one thing i will say that i did appreciate about it was that it wasn't like fussy it's not a it's not a fussy film at all so that was something that i really I did appreciate that it was like, you know, it was very bare bones, which was Mm -hmm. kind of surprising to me that it was as bare bones as it was, because like at the time this movie came out, like it was like peak Britney. So it's interesting to me that this movie didn't have a bigger budget. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it was something they wanted to get out quickly. Um, so that might have to be, I mean, just to capitalize on, you know, her success that she was having, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why I think also, well, another reason I chose this because Brittany has been in the news a lot lately. Um, and Bran, I don't know if you've watched the documentary yet. Um, it's, it's a New York times documentary and I watched it And it's frankly pretty devastating what's been done to her. And so I want to support her. Like she's basically, she's basically been, you know, there's so, you'll have to watch the documentary, but there's so much um, misogyny and bullshit that went into getting her into this conservatorship that she's been under for the last 12 years. And so it's sparked this free Britney movement, which, um, yes. Fully support, and I hope that she does become free someday soon. Yeah, um, and out from under the thumb of her father and her lawyers, and um, can do what she wants to do. So, I also think that was a reason I don't know for sure, but I think it was a reason why it was so hard to find this movie online. I mean, we had to search for it. Yeah, and it was hard. We didn't no. watch this in the most legal way. Yeah, Jane didn't watch on the most legal ways. I, however, did find a copy of DVD that I had on a shelf. Um, <laughs> and I watched it that way. <laughs> you can call it me out. That's f- 
fundamentally untrue because Brandon sent me the link that he found. But, you know, whatever. Not pointing yeah. any fingers. Look, That's you have to do what you have happens. to do when you're making a podcast and you need to if Jane watch pirated, a movie. If Jane pirated, then <laughs> she pirated. And I'm not here to judge her. I think it's gross. Under normal circumstances. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That actually was very accurate. Thank you. And I assume at some point we're both going to sing Not a Girl into our microphones. I mean, yeah, the heart wants what it wants. So, Brand, do you want to go ahead and take us through the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the movie sort of starts. We're in a flashback moment. We've got three tweens. They appear to be uh, probably around like a 10 or 11 years old. In the role of young Britney, we have none other than JLS, you know. Um, Shout out to Jamie Lynn Spears. Jamie Lynn Spears, Britney's younger sister, playing the younger version of Brit Brit. And then we've got two other, you know, no names playing uh, <laughs> young Zoe Saldana, pre-Colombiana, and, um, <laughs> and young Taryn Manning before she stepped into the role of Pinatusky to uh, much acclaim and, you know, fodder in Orange is New Black. Well, I mean, she was also in Hustle and Flow and Eight Mile. Well, she was in a bunch of things. That was just yeah. like the, the thing that popped into my mind. But yeah, you're right. She, Taryn Manning's done a bunch of great stuff. She's, she's a great actress. But she does, um, she is a great actress. Because she certainly has a corner on like the market of like <laughs> trailer trash, <laughs> which isn't a phrase that I would use, but it's used in this movie. Well, you use it quite I freely. I did um, use it, which I guess... <laughs> I would say I would say her and like Jamie Presley. The two of them are always the the first two that I think of when I think of like you know, even though I see like I see I see Jamie Presley do other things, but I'm always like, you know what's in your heart though. (laughs) You know where there's those roots grew. (laughs) Yeah. You know what's you know what's in your core and you know the role the roles you played in um in Ringmaster. Remember Ringmaster? With, um, that was that movie, the Jerry Springer movie. Oh my God, Brandon. What? Okay, well, I was thinking My Name is Earl. Wasn't she like the girlfriend in My Name is Earl? Yes. Yes, she was okay. a girlfriend. But I always think it because there was this filthy scene in Ringmaster because there's I can't these people who's go there's these people who are going on the Jerry Springer show. They were called to go. I forget who plays her mother in the movie, but she's the daughter. It's something about like a love triangle. And I just remember a moment. This is so inappropriate. I'm sorry. It was in the movie though. There's a moment where like she finds out that her mother has been sleeping with her boyfriend. And her, she finds out because her mother takes her um contraceptive like spot sponge or whatever and throws it at her it's not a sponge what's that thing called a diaphragm yes 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 thank you her mother takes a diaphragm and like chucks it at her like she used it with like her man and i just remember as a kid not knowing what was going on and like that movie was just so tasteless and appalling and i saw it like in theaters by myself first of all i i have a lot of questions but i don't think it's relevant to this current podcast yeah no 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 no, and so we go ahead and we make sure we we put a pin (laughs) in that we talk about that Offline. We can we can discuss that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But okay. So we've got these three young girls. They're they're basically their best friends. You can tell they're doing they're filling up a time capsule with things that are important to them. They each put like an item or two in, and you know they talk about you know their friendship and um, they also say like you know we're gonna come back and we're gonna 
we're going to open this. We're going to unearth it, you know, um, on graduation day or right after graduation, we're going to come back together and we're going to do this. I think it's graduation day actually. Mm -hmm. Um, so they bury it and then we do a really quick flash forward. It reads, um, eight years later and they're on the cusp of, you know, graduation and prom and all those things. We've got Brittany Jane playing the role of Lucy in her underwear, dancing around her room to Open Your Heart by Madonna. We um, get to hear that classic voice. Open your heart to me. You get to, yeah, you do. You get to hear, yeah, her sort of tackle some of Madonna's more challenging vocals. Um, <laughs> she's sort of having her moment and you realize that her dad is being played by, you know, the icon, the legend, um, Dan Aykroyd comes in the room. Um, the great Canadian legend, Dan the great, Aykroyd. Yeah, the, that Canadian king. Um, you know, <laughs> Drake who? Um, <laughs> Sorry, so, Bieber. <laughs> before there was Aubrey, there was Aykroyd. Um, words <laughs> never spoken. Um, so they go to school. We get sort of like that moment to sort of track the three girls. We've now we we know we've got we've got Brittany in the role of Lucy. We mm-hmm. meet a Mimi played by uh, a pregnant a pregnant Mimi played by Taryn Mann. Put a little respect on her full name, Taryn Manning. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Jane. Um, Taryn Manning. It's, it's good. It's good that you apologized to me for that. The incomparable Taryn Manning. And then we've got Zoe Saldana. You can quickly sort of track what they represent. Uh, Brittany Lucy's walking down the hallway with Justin Long. They're giving off. He's giving off nerdy vibe. Brittany's giving off like hot girl vibes. I love a Justin Long sighting. Oh, I love Justin Long. He's adorable. He's so good. Every time he shows up in a movie, you know you're going to get like a mix of comedy and heart and you're going to be better better for it like i know and he's I, just sweet yeah he does not have a big part in this movie but i do think he makes like the beginning of this movie very charming no he's he's adorable and in a world where you know joseph gordon levitt wasn't born then i'm sure like <laughs> justin long will really you know be soaring <laughs> um but hey he's doing well he's, he's doing fine i know i'm just saying that like i feel like there's so many joseph gordon levitt parts that i could have seen maybe showing up like on his desk if in a world where there wasn't a JGL. So do you see him like in, he should have been in 500 days of summer? No, but I can see a world where he would have been another choice for that part. No, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's part. He's great in it. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt, so I'm never going to give a part from, you know, his iconic filmography to Justin Long. <laughs> but, you know, when catch and releases needs to be made and Joseph's not available, then Justin's getting the call and I'm happy for him. Um, so, yeah, no, he's great. He's adorable. They, they're they really cute. I'm not buying Britney Spears as a nerd, um, but they're doing no, their best to sell they're it. They're doing their best. She's a nerd. They, like, the, the thing that is so funny is that, like, Zoe Saldana like bumps into her in the hall and you you get the idea of you were saying that you get the idea of their like three different personalities and Zoe Saldana is like the prissy the like popular, popular girl it girl yeah and she bumps into Britney and she's like ew virgin or whatever she says which by the way yeah. is so weird like I do not remember in high school that being like a big deal or someone like calling no. someone a virgin like that but no. we get the de- we get the idea that Britney's a nerd and she has hasn't lost her virginity yet, even though she's 
unmanageably hot for this small town and like absolutely not nerdy. Oh, for sure. I mean, she's like a Louisiana 11. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's a hottie. I, I definitely, as it, as the movie progresses, I definitely buy her more as just sort of like the overly res- overly responsible and studious because it's like, sure. you can be that and be other things. But like, right. I don't necessarily buy her as a girl who's ever dealt with being picked on for being a nerd. Like, if anything, no. then she has the power within her like peak 2002 hotness to make being a nerd cool at her school if anything right Um, i see her as mostly a person who has the possibility of being ignored yes if they had dressed her differently like i understand that like she probably wanted to wear clothes that like looked good on her but had they put her in like kind of an ill-fitting top and like loose jeans even like a pair of glasses or something to sort of like sell that there's undeniably people who you are in school with who don't who don't know that they're like super hot and like For have sure. a hot bod and sure. should and could dress like in midriffs and like mm-hmm. tight jeans with their thong showing. Like if I was working with what Brittany had when I was in high school, that's what I would be wearing for sure. But then certainly I don't think I get the reputation of a nerd. Yeah. Right. No. And it's just, it's just interesting. They're, they're really trying to drill home the point that we've got three girls that have taken three very different paths paths up to this point. Mm-hmm. And there's a brief exchange between kid that's as always held on a character and Mimi um, just sort of, just so you sort of understand that there's contention between all three of them in relation to one another so that's sort of established fairly quickly and then right after this we're sort of dealing with like the sort of family um, kerfuffle of like everybody trying to get pictures with their kids and stuff post-graduation um, and we get a little bit more of an idea as um, Dan Aykroyd speaks to one of the teachers who sort of mentions to him about Lucy Brittany's um, character's um, interest in music and um, really how she's been excelling at it. And he sort of makes it clear she's majoring in, she's going to do a double major in biology and chemistry, you know, so she can get into the best med school. So he's got a track in mind for her. And you see the teacher sort of accepting that, but also you can see that she's got other things on her mind as far as like, oh, like I'm, you know, that's interesting to hear. I'm curious. You, I pick up from her, like, I'm curious how Lucy feels about this. And like, wow, you've really already made a lot of decisions for your daughter. And you get a little bit of that, you know, from Lucy as well. She doesn't speak, you know, on it, but you get a vibe. Um, legendary uh, model Beverly Johnson is yes. brought in to do like really quick, sweet little cameo as uh, Zoe Saldana's uh, character's mother. Um, mm-hmm. I clocked her instantly. Of she's course. iconic. Yeah. And I was just like, Beverly Johnson in this movie? Um, and so that was really, you know, that was a fun little moment. After this, we are back at the house. Lucy's, there's a moment where she's sort of alone in her room. She's in her prom dress. And uh, she's crying and her father comes in the room and she's sort of lamenting about like what she feels like is lost youth, like so much time spent, you know, trying to make good grades and everything. She says to her dad, you know, I missed out on so many parties. I missed out on football games. Like those are the things I should have been doing. And her dad sort of says like, you know, you were preparing, which is I'm I, I don't agree with her father, but I do agree with him on this point. 
but I can look at it now from the age I am and be like, girl, you didn't miss anything at those messy parties. But like, I, 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 can... I will, I will pipe in. I, I have a couple of things to say about this scene. Okay. okay. I will pipe in and say, girl, you missed a lot. I partied a lot Ugh. in high school and I had a right. great time, Brandon. So I didn't really party dare. a lot in high school. I never went to parties <laughs> in high school. And so it's probably easy for me to be like, you didn't miss anything. I do not regret partying high school. I had a lot of fun. I mean, do I regret not doing as well academically as your girl probably could have? Of course. But you know what? I actually don't. Cause like, look at me now, you know, <laughs> doing this podcast for free. Uh, <laughs> and then the second thing I want to say about this is what a fucking day they've had. She's woke up, woken up. <laughs> she's gone to school. She's had graduation. And now it's her prom. Like, this is it's so much for yeah. one day. These should absolutely be separate days. Like, yeah. there's no reason for you to be graduating on the same day that you're having prom. Like, this school is like, we need, we need to get them out. Like, we're going to do all of these things back to back. And we're going to clear these halls. <laughs> and we're gonna pull down all that all that uh ticker tape we're gonna pop all those balloons we're gonna sweep up all that confetti and we're gonna get the the building on lockdown and ready for all those dummies that need to come in and do summer school <laughs> i was just about to say get them, get them loaded up for summer school yeah so i mean that's psycho yeah i remember our prom was like months before graduation yeah it's it doesn't happen like that but it, apparently no. in this small town they're like we're gonna do what we're gonna do it's a full sweep like and by if the way, you were sick this weekend you <laughs> missed every pivotal event <laughs> every rite life. of passage <laughs> is gone because you got the flu exactly <laughs> cancel that nail appointment no 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 throw your dress out because you're never gonna wear it <laughs> throw that robe out too and that cap as well because none of it's getting used Ugh. so anyway um so this is what we're dealing with and so we we hit the prom there's a quick moment where she's there zoe walks in and she's sort of sauntering in with the girls that are the it girls, I guess. Um, and then she has like a quick like moment where she bumps into uh, Mimi, Taryn Manning's character. And they have like another quick little like snippy sort of exchange. The thing that I don't understand about this is like, I get that they like grew apart as friends. But, but why like is it but actively like, rude to each animosity. other? <laughs> it's active. It's like, yeah, there's a difference. There, you're absolutely right, Jane. It's like you get you like you grow apart and you in, you get involved with different activities and you're not exactly the best of friends anymore, but that's different. There's like it's active, like there's vitriol. And it's like yeah, and it's, it's so, unexplained. And that's never explained. Yeah. And like I we've all had situations, I've had situations like that where I've like grown apart from friends, but I always like see them and like look you know when I see them I'm like hey how are you you know like look upon them with kindness we had nice times yeah. together but something happened to those three and we are never gonna know what it was and it's like even if it was a situation of like you're one of the popular ones and like you didn't like you like some of the other popular girls want to pick on maybe one of those girls that you used to be really close to and you don't want to like cause a rift so you just sort of don't say anything that's different this is like clearly the queen bee is zoe saldana's character and it's like she's going mm -hmm. out of her way to like seek them out to be nasty to them like when she walks in she walks past she's like oh my god so many great people here and lucy and she like keeps walking it's like, why was 
unnecessary, it's so girl. Rude. And I understand we're not dealing with the master class of script writing here, but this is Shonda Rhimes, which I forgot to mention. This is yes. written by Shonda Rhimes, one of the greatest television writers and movie writers. Yeah, it's really interesting. To exist. So it's a very Shonda. interesting. <laughs> but like Shonda was we all trying. have to start somewhere, you know? I mean? I mean, Shonda was probably just trying to get that check. She was like, Absolutely. what are you guys what are you guys, guys going to do? <laughs> yeah, what's going to get like my bank account line the quickest? Any questions? Then we have a quick moment with um, Zoe Saldana's character where she eyes they're dancing in the dance floor. She eyes the band. She eyes a guy who's playing guitar. Um, he's a tall white man. So, you know, that's all all it takes and so he sort of looks at her and she's like "Ooh!" and then you know somebody mentions that his name is ben kimball and um he's just out of jail and he killed a guy which is very casually mentioned <laughs> so um, casual and then we sort of move over to uh, the hotel room where we see justin long you know he's gotten undressed he's in his boxers brit brit is you know in the bathroom she comes out with her banging body um, with wearing his like his suit jacket and does like yeah. a sexy dance for him. It, by the way, this is the second movie in a row we've seen where they play Let's Get It yep. On during I noted the sex that scene. Too. <laughs> I noted that as well. I was like, oh, so this is like the go-to white people like sexy music. Exactly. Um, so they have their moment. Um, she's, you can tell like me, this is supposed to be like the losing of virginities for both of them. She's not completely comfortable. So she sort of is like, let's get under the covers. They, they get under the covers. There's like a quick moment where she sort of wants to hear the the reasons that she puts it, you know, and he sort of goes through the list of reasons why it makes sense for them to have sex. Reasons like one through three is like we're lab partners. And yeah, then reason a lot four of is lab just talk. on begging. He's just yeah, no, I wrote down Henry is too <laughs> eager. Like he's really desperate. It's, it's he, most... At some point is like, please, 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 please. Can we just yes. do this? And it's like, oh, this is not appropriate. <laughs> and she notes before this that this is not the way that she imagined losing her virginity. So, mm-hmm. you know, and he's sort of like, this is exactly how I imagined it. It's like, yeah, because you've been jerking off to the thought of her for years. So, of course <laughs> it is for you. Um, <laughs> this is a get for you. And Justin. so and so there's like this whole thing with them. And ultimately, we, I mean, it, I wrote down early on in the scene, they're not going to have sex. Um, and they I wrote, I wrote, Brit decides on her purity. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then there's a moment with Mimi. She's headed to the, the burial spot, you know, to look for the time capsule. And she runs into some the guy. The burial spot sounds like a grave. Oh, no, like, like, the, like the time capsule buried burial spot. And she runs into this guy right. who literally says to her, how's the fetus? Um, that was the direct quote. <laughs> I totally missed that. <laughs> he said, how's the fetus? <laughs> Which is like, just a choice. Um, and then, um, you know, you get the impression that this is a guy that impregnated her. They have a, a sort of, you know, it's acrimonious between them. And he, you know, and she sort of says like, you know, you know, it's your kid. And he makes a comment, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, I heard that you were banging some guy um, over Christmas break in the back of a car. And she um, she punches him. Right. I can't remember, but she's like, either way, she's like, fuck you, I'm out of here. And just, yeah, she says, fuck you, I'm out of here. I'm pretty sure she punches him. And she says, (laughs) fuck you, I'm out of here. And then she sort of like um, saunters off to the spot. Uh, She's met by, uh, by Kit. 
Zoe Saldana's character, they head off into the woods, which are really close to the school. And then they, as they're approaching mm-hmm. with the flashlights, they spot Brittany Jean. You know, Lucy's already there and she's got that shovel from somewhere. And so the digging begins. Although you can only imagine how like how shallowly this was dug by like three like 10 year olds. But <laughs> well, I, mean, I wrote I wrote that. in my note, I was like, they dig for like four seconds. No way that box could have survived nope. a decade. No. <laughs> like I mean anybody could have found it. You sounded like Moira Rose just no way really? that box no way that box could have survived a decade. Honestly, I've never been more complimented in my As, life. No, she's she's <laughs> I think about her, I think about her often. I think about her maybe like once a day. Me too, which like, is probably why I was starting God, to sound I love like her, her so much. Um <laughs> so they dig up this box, they they open it up, they each, you know, quickly identify uh, uh, an item that they put in the box. We see that um Kit put in a bridal Barbie. And, you know, and she's sort of the the comment that she makes leads you to believe like nothing's changed. Like this is still mm-hmm. like, you know, the thing that's important to me. Lucy put in a locket. And so she the, sort the of locket has a picture of her mother in it. The locket has a picture of her mother. So she she pulls it out. She also makes the comment that her father does not think it's a good idea for her to meet her mother, which I was really taken aback by. I just was like, OK, what's that about? Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's quite it's quite a statement. Um, but she she absolutely the locket. And then what what was Mimi's item? She had like a keychain of the quote unquote the oh world. the oh the globe because she's yeah. like I want to go everywhere I want to go to the Pacific Ocean and get my feet wet and have this baby in California you you picked up the globe and you're like let's go to California I was hoping for something a little bit more interesting but whatever and then Mimi pulls out a um an ad or like a um a notice a for flyer. an audition flyer that's for uh, uh audition in LA and she sort of shares with them that this is her dream. She wants to, you know, go, you know, audition for a record company and kids, you know, kids very quick to just sort of be like, you're, you're pregnant, you're trash. It's not happening for you. <laughs> you're um, trash. And she's like, I'm going, you'll see, I'm going to, I'm going to sing and I'm going to get a record contract. And she says she has a ride there. And um, the uh, Lucy and Kit are both a little bit reticent about it, but they're sort of like, okay, like, we'll see. So we see Lucy. Also, I love that nobody called anybody to be like, I'll be there. Because like, right before they left the the site where the time capsule was, uh, Mimi sort of says like, this is where I'm going to be at at this time if you guys change your mind. And they take her up on it. So she gets there. Um, already there's an argument happening between Mimi and Kit over like, you know, all the luggage that Kit's brought with her. Um, and there's a new guy who we're meeting who's apparently going to drive them to LA nobody like I my I wrote down strange man that everybody's getting in the car with well we did see him playing in he the was band. playing guitar and there were rumors the that, he killed, that he killed a man <laughs> exactly and so they all hop in the car with baby boy um and <laughs> the um, possible murderer possible murder um and they head out on the journey and so the ride begins and britney is in fact wearing a bucket hat and i just wanted to call bucket that out hat fantasy as yeah mm-hmm. she is she's wearing a, a bucket hat they hop in the car they make a stop at a gas station you see this guy whose name is ben you see ben sort of like checking her out he makes a quick he asks mimi basically about her um and mimi just says she's not like us she's she's out of your league i mean she's <laughs> sitting next to him and she's like you know a, a pregnant teenager eating funyuns like me and you we're different it's like okay me 
maybe okay. we are. Maybe Some we're different in different are. ways. <laughs> maybe we're not the same different. Um, but cool, 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 cool. So there's this quick moment, <laughs> and then they're back in the car. We get like our first sort of like real cultural moment, not our first, but one of the most defining, which is the girls all singing bye 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 by none other than in sync. And then also I noted that Zoe Saldana was wearing those sunglasses with the rhinestoned heart on the corner that were like I'm so everything. glad you know you oh, noted that. Jay-Z, Jay-Z. I cuz I had those sunglasses. Jay-Z wore a pair of them in a video. I don't remember which one, but I remember I wanted them so bad. And I my mom eventually my mom always worked her way around to getting me a knockoff version of whatever oh. the popular thing was, but it was always like a year after it was over. But she'd always be like, "Look what I got." And I was like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> Ooh. Baby boy, all you had to all you had to do was stroll up into a Claire's and go ahead and pay the six dollars and fifty cents or slip it into guy version of them. Because I remember <laughs> I got I got those sunglasses and I got like Candy's cologne like at the same time. I remember that. I remember because I associate those sunglasses with the smell. It was very this J Lo wore a pair of them in a video too. But it was like oh, of all course. of like the it like pop girls and all of like the the pop guys and the rappers had them. And so, yeah, they were, um, but, but I clocked those insulin. I was like, Ooh, those were really expensive. Cause whatever Iconic. those were, they were the ones that all the other ones were knockoffs of. And I'm sure mm-hmm. they were like hundreds of dollars. Um, so she's wearing those They're in the car. Ben, you know, doesn't want to listen to it. So he turns on rock. Zoe says, yeah, like this is so much better. Um, and she's not wrong. And <laughs> well, it's also like that kind of indistinct movie rock where like, you don't know what the song oh, yeah. is, but it's like some, like angsty white guy being like exactly it's that was that that was like the pep that was like the rock version of that remember that song you remember that song uh whatever jane of course i do Okay, good. No, I, I thought do. you did, and I felt very vulnerable. Okay, no, no, no. I'm saying remember. that was a Pepsi song. I, I'm affirming song. that. I fully remember that. Yeah, thank you. It well, good to be which is actually um, appropriate because Britney was a spokesperson for Pepsi. Yes, so she that was. That's why you see them drinking Pepsi products all throughout the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, that cross, that cross branding, and then they, um, they're sort of like a moment where we they, they're getting something to eat um at like a diner and then for the first time we start thinking about things like where we're gonna sleep what we're gonna eat how much money do we have <laughs> um everybody's sort of like scrambling like trying to think about it zoe reveals that she spent a lot she spent all of her money on that custom prom dress that looked like every other dress everybody else was wearing it was um, absolutely for macy's also the thing is <laughs> They pool all their money on this table at the Waffle House Diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. it is so surprising to me. Even at 18, I would have never gone to a road trip and not thought about money. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have just, like, gotten into a car with a possible murder and been like, it's fine if I can't pay for myself. This will work itself out. Like, yeah, no. I've never been that no. person for, like, let's let's see where the universe takes us. It's like, well, I'm going away nope, on this trip too with scary. a man. I don't know. No, it's a lot. Um, so they sort of put their money together. They have about, I think, around 450 something 
dollars. And so, oh my god, I wrote down forty because that's what I heard. But that's no, it was like it was like four hundred and something altogether. And so they're like, <laughs> we're gonna get a hotel room. We're gonna figure it out. They go to this hotel room, which actually didn't look that bad to me. Um, but they walk in, and Zoe Saldana's character is like, oh my god, it's disgusting. It looked really clean to me, actually. It was like dated, but it didn't look like a dirty room. But I mean, you know, whatever. Hotel rooms are gross by nature. I mean, you're sleeping in beds that other people. And she was like, I'm not sleeping here. But it's also like, what did you think? And was it's like, happen, girl, if you're not you're, if you're not sleeping here, you're not sleeping then. Like, yeah, what do exactly. you think the alternative is, baby? Yeah, you hop in bed and shut up. So <laughs> they all take to bed. I wrote I, I wrote down. I thought it was funny that um, that Mimi, the pregnant one, sleeps in the bed with Ben. It was like they they were like, well, because th- I thought instantly when I saw the two beds, I was like, this is like two queens. Like, I wonder how they're going to work this out. And then they were like, <laughs> we'll just put the pregnant one in bed with Ben because like she's a pregnant woman. So like she's not desirable. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> She's damaged goods. <laughs> I guess, but also, I mean, I guess these two characters have the most of a relationship. So yeah. it kind of makes sense. But so these two are in bed, but the way that the beds are set up on the on the inner, each sleeping on the inner side, we've got Lucy in the bed with Kit and we've got Ben in the bed with Mimi. And so Lucy and Ben are close to each other and they're having a little bit of a conversation, a little bit of a heart to heart. You can sort of see the beginning of like a like bonding and sharing happening and a relationship blossoming. Lucy's got her pen in her journal, which she's never without, really. Yes, she's, she's always, always she's a writer. She's, she's a got writer. The heart of a writer, and mm-hmm. so she's of course penning lots of right interesting thought-provoking things exactly um then so we flash forward to the next morning um lucy's in the shower and the other two girls are coming in and out and then there's a moment where they close the bathroom door and this is when it's revealed to lucy for the first time after sort of a heart to heart within the night before that ben um maybe possibly killed someone and so she freaks out because she's like oh my god i'm on this trip in the middle of nowhere with this guy who's apparently killed someone and she also had this really you know this intimate moment with him the night before, just like words exchange, not like anything physically, but I'm just saying it's, a, she sort of was feeling a certain way. And I think this has sort of halted her out of whatever she was feeling, but also she says so it snaps loudly. her back into reality. Exactly. And she says like, what? He killed someone. And she says, it's so loud. And then they're like, <laughs> there's no way he didn't hear that. There is literally no way that he didn't <laughs> hear that. And they're like, Ooh, let's check to make sure he didn't. And they open the door and he's strumming the guitar foolishly. And like, he, it, it, appears to not have heard anything and um so after this they're back in the car lucy she hops out and then mimi says could you get me a bag of chips and then lucy says no and i thought what petty bullshit is this get the what pregnant girl some is that woman chips. is pregnant feed like, her and everybody also keeps making comments like all you're thinking about is food it's like, she's <laughs> literally like she's carrying life into this world like get her, some fucking, get her some doritos exactly she's got to eat oh so that and then um and so this is followed by the car of course breaking down um they're sort of hold on okay i'm sorry one thing i wanted to say is that at one point um ben asks what are you writing and lucy just says stuff and i my wrote and the note i wrote was no one journals in front of other people if they don't want to be asked about it so like (laughs) 
<laughs> Either put away the hand. pen <laughs> or answer some questions. Liz. Yeah, or calm down. Um, <laughs> so, so the car breaks down. They're sort of fiddling with the engine like you do. And I'm a big car buff, so I know. Exactly. Um, you are absolutely the mechanic of our group, for sure. I am. I always fix people's cars. I'm always fixing um, gaskets. And if somebody's like <laughs> axle breaks on the car, then I'm always the first person people call. <laughs> you're, you're a regular grease monkey i what'd you call me <laughs> drag her term. drag her <laughs> i knew it as with? soon as, as soon as it came out of my mouth i was like Goodness. i know that i will absolutely mm. never live through this how fucking dare you so they're fixing the car of course there's always that you know they love that trope lucy's you know a different kind of girl she knows how to fix engines because we saw her at the you know the auto mechanic shop where her dad works earlier so lucy quickly diagnoses you know the issue as being the radiator and ben like doesn't believe her even though in my mind i was like why don't you believe her like what like what's your what's your because he's a boy like, and she's a girl yeah so like he's like no and girls like, don't know stuff about cars that's Only literally really exactly cool, what sexy it is ones. and she also tells him she says it's going to cost around 350 dollars to fix this car and plus labor he, plus labor um and then there's a little <laughs> bit of a you know an argument between mimi and kit they're at it again lucy breaks it up she's just sort of like i'm done with this i'm done with you two fighting all the time um then we you know we move forward in the story lucy decides to stay with the girls they're in a dressing room of sorts we realize that they're at a karaoke contest they're, they're in new orleans you know they're in, they, they're there's in a shot new of like orleans. bourbon street so you know they're in Nolens. and you know they're and, shooting on location um, absolutely and so they get ready lucy they're all in the dressing room lucy is attacked by a crimper um and it really does it does a number <laughs> well first of all she's like they're like okay we're ready and then like um kit sees lucy and she's dressed like she's going to church and she's like no 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 if we're really gonna make money we gotta like sell this and so like we don't know what they're gonna do or what this means but then they're revealed to be in these really sexy outfits that they somehow have and Britney's hair is it's not even crimped because the actual like crimps of the hair are too large to be a crimp to be made from a crimper I don't know what they are but they're these very like stiff waves it's psychotic but in 2002 I remember seeing that and being like how quickly can I get my hair to do that (laughs) it looks (laughs) like I need to look like that it looks not great what it looks really... like if you touched it, it would be hard. One of my friends when I was in high school, her name was Robin. Shout out to Robin. We were really close friends. She would every now and then she would rock the the crimped hair. And I remember when we did uh, Into the Woods, the Stephen Sondheim musical in high school, and she played the witch. And as many of the the gays out there know, there's the witch has a transformation, and she trans Ooh, she transforms from like oh yeah she she's like oh, she's like um. Gr- sort of gruesome because there was a curse placed on her years earlier so she's like really sort of like she she usually it's a mask of some sort like it's like an mm-hmm. old lady mask and the skin sagging and she's got this crazy like ratty gray hair and 
all this. And then she, at a certain point, the curse is reversed and she's beautiful and young. And I remember that oh, when I love a makeover sequence in any, Oh, you would love it. It's so good. Um, <laughs> but Robin's play the witch and her transformation when she would come out of it was like her, like freshly crimped, like short blonde hair. But I remember like love being it. in the dressing room with her and just thinking like, this is fucking it. Like Robin's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> We're doing the damn thing. Like it's just so funny now. Like the shit that I thought was like it, and it's like was it hot was, girl shit. <laughs> it was. It was. It was literally hot girl shit. Like I remember just thinking, oh, Robin's gonna hit it with that crimp. I was such a little fag. Um, show the crowd's gonna go wild. <laughs> people will be gagging. Um, so they're on stage. Um, we've got Mimi sort of in the lead position. Um, the crowd is unfriendly, and I actually wrote down it's it's a souped up version of I Love Rock and Roll. Um, and I you wrote can down, hear like the guitar starting, you know, and you're it's like, oh, real I know this funky, song. it's gritty, it's grimy. The moment, literally the moment that Mimi opens her mouth to breathe before she starts singing, the crowd begins booing. Like she doesn't even get her first sentence out and the crowd is like, boo. And I was just like, that's not how it works, first of all. Like, like the brazenness to be in a crowd and to start booing somebody like that quickly. It's a lot. And yeah, she doesn't really get anything out. And you can also know, like as a viewer, you're like, okay, well, I know that Taryn Manning is not going to bring this home for us. So like something's got to (laughs) give shout out to the last movie we watched. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, that at some point, our girl's going to take over. And of course, quickly as the booing, the booing starts and it gets loud, rupturous. It's like, it's too much. Like somebody from the establishment <laughs> should go on the stage and say enough. Like you've made your, you've made your feelings known within the first 10 seconds of this song. Like, but we're going to give these girls this two minutes and 30 seconds to do what they're going to do. Also, everybody's <laughs> scantily clad. So, you know, people would have probably been here for it anyway. But exactly. They don't care what they fucking sound like. <laughs> also, what do all of you sound like? This fucking town? Shut up. I dare you to get up here and put yourself out there in this same way that Taryn Manning is doing it. Exactly. And, and you so, won't, and you didn't, and you haven't. Exactly. You didn't do shit. You sat mm-hmm. in the crowd like a fucking lemming. And exactly. then you drinking to, your Ooh. Miller lights, thinking uh, your opinion matters. Why don't you try something for once in your fucking life? Die. <laughs> Too much? <laughs> no, no, no. I think that was right on par. Okay, great. Um, so then Brit Brit, of course, takes over, you know, our vocal goddess, the Whitney Houston of her generation. Um, and are why are you, you laughing, are, Jane? Because uh, I Okay, I do I do wanna say this. I love her voice as a performer. I know that a lot of people have made fun of her for not having the vocals of Christina or the vocals of a one miss um, incomparable Whitney Houston. However, she does what she does and we need to celebrate for what it is because we yeah. all enjoy it. We all know Britney's songs. We all can sing Britney's, every word, even if we never claimed to be yeah, a Britney yeah, yeah. fan. Britney, and her Britney's voice, voice is, is so distinct. You can hear it from fucking space. You know who's singing. No, that's true. So Britney's singing. Her, I love rock and roll. She's the lead. Um, the crowd loves it. Do you like, want to give it a go? 
Wait, give what a go. What do you think? Your Britney impression singing I Love Rock and Roll. Hold on. What's the first line of the song? I saw him standing there by the record machine. Uh, hold on. Let me get into, <laughs> get get into, into it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him standing there by the record machine. <laughs> I, I knew he must have been about 17. That was you loud. sound like you sound Perfect. like um God, like a cartoon character. I can't think of who it is. <laughs> like a really distinct, like it was good though. I liked it. Um, Thank you. So yeah, it's, it's I, I very think, much I that. think perfect is the word you're showing for. Well, we can be alone. They was with me. Yeah. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Anyways, this is not. It. You guys um, get it. I know you didn't sign up for this, but this is a bonus. It's it free comes with for it. You. It's yeah. that. And it is a lot. And, uh, Brittany does it. The crowd loves it. I also noted the fact that this is just me being a performer. I noted the fact that Taryn's character, she instantly fell into place as a backup singer, even though there was choreography. And I thought to myself, how would, how do you know that choreography that Kitty's doing? Because you weren't prepared to do it. And nope, usually people don't just know Anyway, the point is they do a great job. They do a performance. Um, the next moment is some random bros and oversized polos asking Ben, like, you know, Brit Brit walks off. And of course, she's the she's the object of affection for every man in the world. So when mm-hmm. she saunters off, they say, Hey, is it your girl? And I remember thinking, like, why'd he say no? But I also like, I get it. Like, you're like, I don't know, maybe this is a guy who's into her and like she's not my girl. And so the guy goes over, he starts dancing with her. Brit's fine with like a little two-step, you know. And then he starts groping her, and Brittany's not okay with that. I also noticed the fact that like no one came to her aid. None of the people around her, not even like Taryn's character, who's very much like a firecracker. Like she doesn't do anything. Kitty doesn't do anything. Everybody's literally just watching the beginnings of an assault. And then Ben, of course, steps in and like. Yes. And I do want to say that is probably one of the most realistic things in this movie because that's happened. Oh, yeah. Of, you know, obviously, like, oh, here we go. At a bar. <laughs> I won't go into detail, zone, but, but... Def- <laughs> trust me, this is not a flex. But people have absolutely been inappropriate with me on a dance floor and nobody has done a single fucking thing. And did I, myself. did I, or did I not apologize after though, Jane? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Brandon, there's only so much a, an apology could do, and I would like financial restitution, but that's something we can talk about offline. Ugh, here we go. Calling on the grease monkey to pay her back. Ugh, anyway, so uh, the, so the fight happens. Ben elbows the dude, takes him out, and in our heads as the viewers, everybody's sort of like, oh, he's a killer. Then um, we are now in a better hotel room, I guess. Uh, it looks the same as the other one, but they're really selling but the fact that this is supposed to be fancy. Room. It's their version, but it looks like it looks like the same room from earlier that um, Kitty was not happy with. But she's loving this room, and I was I wrote I actually wrote down everything so dark in this movie. It's like I feel like this movie is like just from a cinematography perspective. I feel like this movie is very dark. Um, this room is really dark. There's lots of dark colors to me. Um, 
so but the girls are happy there's an open mini bar the girls are drinking um they're having a good time they're like weirdly like dancing in a room with just like three people one thing i do want to call out that i love that they do this in so many movies in like every movie in every tv show is they do that thing where nothing is really happening and no one is really saying anything but everyone is looking at each other and laughing hysterically (laughs) yeah and so like to denote a good time but it's like nobody has said a single thing but they're all just looking at each other and being like <laughs> yes girl do it again and always notice it and it is in full effect in this um and then there's a moment where it looks like zoe's scarily drunk to me and i thought like "Ooh, this isn't good um she was really drunk and everybody's laughing i'm like I, she may not be well um, but then the next moment they're in their PJs and they've, things have calmed down quite, quite quickly. Everybody, nobody appears to really be drunk anymore. And, um, the girls also then have a moment where they sort of promise that they're not going to drift apart again and they're going to actually be there for each other. That's a really sweet moment. Yeah. This is like this whole night is they're sort of reconnecting. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, they sort of get ready to head out. Ben actually slept in the car the night before they find him still in the back of the car, passed out. Um, the girls are like, let's hit the road. Lucy's like, well, I don't want to wake him up he's sleeping maybe he needs his rest uh the girls are like we'll get his keys so they sort of vote lucy as the one who needs to get his keys off of his person while he's asleep which i wrote down none of this would happen in real life you would wake up um but lucy gets Absolutely. his keys um the three girls are in the front they let ben just continue sleeping in the back they take off they're on the road they're being really loud and obnoxious um but then they it, but then occasionally within their obnoxiousness one of them turns around to look at ben to see if he's still sleeping it's like you don't care um, but also nobody right. would sleep through a car, like getting on the Turning road and on. moving. Like in my notes, I wrote like he would wake up as soon as the car turned yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And Ben also. It was like team. a vintage car anyway. So like, you know, that engine is loud. Exactly. No, I'm a motorhead. So I know that. Um, but <laughs> also I noted that earlier in the movie, Ben mentions that he does not want anyone else driving his vehicle. That's something he explicitly right, said. That's his baby. He was like, I don't want anybody else driving. So they've taken off. Lucy's behind the wheel. They're on the road. They're driving. They're having a good time. Ben wakes up. He gets uh-uh. very upset. Lucy's not driving. Mm-mm. Oh, I'm so it's sorry. Karen. Mimi's driving. Yeah. Mimi's driving. Um, they, they take off on the road. Um, and then... And then um, Ben wakes up. He's really sort of frazzled. And he, you know, he's like, pull over. They're sort of giggling still. He's yelling, pull over. They realize things have gotten serious. They pull over the car. Um, ben hops out. He's really furious. Um, and he sort of, ex- Lucy gets out to go sort of comfort him. He explains to her, you know, this is all so like gendered and stupid. Um, he just keeps saying like, I'm a guy. I'm on this trip. I've got all these girls with me. So all stupid. these girls. I'm so tired of all these girl things the music you want to listen to everything he's basically trying to say like this is the one thing that he feels like he has he's in this car with three other people they have bigger personalities than him he feels a little bit overpowered at times and overwhelmed and this car is the thing that gives him a sense of self and like makes him feel that hasn't some been taken over of... by pussy exactly and so that's all sort of explained lucy hands him the keys it's like okay you drive the car then um so he's you driving fucking the car psych- go exactly you murderer um and then um and then shortly after this week getting to the whole murderer thing it comes up that they all thought you know are curious about you know him having killed someone and ben reveals that's not at all what happened he had a stepsister and she called him while he was away and told him that his stepfather who was married to his mother 
was being abusive to her. His mother didn't, wasn't really able to stop any of it. So Ben showed up. She, you know, ran away from home with Ben. He took her to live with her mother. But he took her back with him to college. He took her back to college with him. And then the stepfather pressed charges because it was technically a form of kidnapping because they weren't blood relatives, I guess, which I found I found questionable at best because I feel like I don't think anybody did research on the law while writing this. (laughs) Because I was like, I feel like any attorney would be able to be like, yeah, they may not be blood relatives, but like they're basically relatives in every way that like adoptive children would be. They're not going that deep into it. We just learned that he was in jail for a good guy reason, not murder. Exactly. So everybody's fine because he's not a murderer. Um, they decide they go out, they um, pull over on the side of the road. They're in these mountains and they decide, you know, it's really great here. Let's camp here for the night. Um, they're in like a Grand Canyon-y type that place. Vibe. Like you can yeah. tell they're in Arizona. Yes. It's not necessarily the Grand Canyon, but there's like canyons around. around. It's like very beautiful. And they have this like profound moment and they decide to camp out in the to desert. camp out. And then there's a moment where uh, Lucy's once again, that, that pen to paper, um, she's writing Ben sort of, you know, Ben has a hits her with that very like, you know, a penny for your thoughts vibe. And um, Lucy, you know, is writing and he's like, I, you know, I'd love to hear something. And so I, I think I remember this verbatim. So I'm going to just recite it. So Lucy, what she wrote was, mm, I'm going to try to get emotional. Um, she wrote, um, okay. I used to think that I had the answers to everything. But now I know life doesn't always go Mm. my way. It looks like I'm caught in the middle. But then that's when I realize I'm not a girl. But here's the rub. Mm. I'm not Mm. yet a woman. But all I need is time. A moment that is mine while Mm. I'm in between. I'm not a girl. (sighs) Not yet a woman. And um, uh, Ben is as moved by that as I was. Um, And he just sort of takes it in because it's a lot to take in those words. And as we all were, truthfully. Rattled. Yeah, rattled to our core. And he realizes that she's deep. She's deep girl. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's a quick like little like. Yeah, it's like Maya Angelou who you know what I mean exactly yeah no some people feel like Maya Angelou probably died to make room Mm -hmm. for Britney Spears to sort of step into Mm -hmm. her shoes Mm -hmm. like that's the circle of life so Mm -hmm. yeah so this moment happens there's like a quick like little hijinks moment where Mimi gets bitten in the butt by something while she's paying Um, Ben and Lucy almost kiss Ben and Lucy almost kiss that little hijink moment interrupts it. And then we're mm-hmm. like, we're back on the trail and they basically they're driving Lucy to her mother's home. So she's going to see her mother for the first time since she was, you know, a toddler and they, they pull up. They're basically like, they're like, we're going to be in town for the next day. So if you need us, just call. Us. But also it's like her mother doesn't know she's coming. And it's like, regardless of how she feels, just from a logistical standpoint, you don't know what her life is or her situation. So I don't know why we'd be banking on anything Mm -hmm. more than like a quick meet and greet. Like, 
like as far as like we're gonna she gets like lucy gets her bags out it's like do you really think you think you're just gonna be like staying here like know, well, one of the things i noted is that when she gets the door she's got like a huge overnight bag and i was like well, that's pretty presumptuous yeah it is because <laughs> even if she's excited to see you you don't know what her living situation is like you don't know what's and, you don't know if she still lives at this place and you can't actually be totally confident that she's gonna be like ever yes please come stay in my home i, I abandoned you when you were three i can't be 100 confident that if i should have at my mom's house tonight who loves me she'd be like <laughs> yeah come on in you know my mom's like oh i have a lot of meetings i can make yourself home but yeah she's really it's a bold move and um for somebody who's sort of as measured and careful as lucy is up to this point it's interesting that she's not a bit more guarded there's a moment which is just britney spears not being a trained actor i know but there's a moment where the mother opens a door played by the one the only the iconic uh kim cattrall she opens the door she's stunning she's looks beautiful sorry did you know it was going to be kim cattrall or were you I did. like that is okay. the one thing i did know damn um, it i wanted you to be blown away by that cameo i was okay i wasn't 100 sure because i honestly i've never seen this before but i thought maybe it was kim cattrall but then the beginning during the opening credits which i try not to watch opening credits because i like to be surprised um totally. but i saw kim cattrall's name was like okay it's kim cattrall but oh, kim opens it. the yeah. door lucy turns and in the most casual and pedestrian way ever she waves bye to her friends it was the mark of a person who is untrained in the art of performance not like i'm not talking about like stage performance where britney is one of the best ever like she's incredible of course i'm talking about like an emotional life that is deep and <laughs> rooted in something lucy turns around and she waves bye to her friends like she doesn't like there's nothing at stake and it's also like the moment where she where she sees Kim Cattrall and you see Kim Cattrall a trained actress sort of like taking it you can just there's so much within taking that in the quick exchange of like and it's Anyway, the point is it happens really quickly. We get Lucy in the house. Kim does not want her there, and she's not pretending like she does. What she says to her is, why'd you come here? Which is like, you know why I'm <laughs> Which here. Which is horrible. Like, Yeah, that's what not what you she think? wanted to hear. You didn't think that, like, you're, first of all, the surprise should not be that large. You should be expecting your 18-year-old daughter to come and find you because you abandoned her when she was a toddler. When, like, Kim, when that door opens, sure. Kim, when the door opens, Kim is like, <sighs> come on in. Like, that's what she hits her with. Like, let's get through this. Let's right. pop this pimple. Let's get um, through this. <laughs> so Lucy sort of is looking around. She notes the pictures of the children, two boys. You know, she reveals to her, yes, I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. I wrote down, she has her new Aryan family. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's really blonde and pale. They're really living that fair life. Um, blonde and blonde. And Lucy says, oh, I have two brothers. And you can tell that that's not kim's experience of the situation but she's like okay <laughs> technically yeah you do um so that and then so it's a really quick exchange lucy's sort of like you know i, I really want to meet you hope we could have a life together kim's like how could you come sit down on the couch really quick so i can hit you with the headline <laughs> um we don't see the exchange between them but then the next moment everybody's at the hotel the three of them like they said they would be ben mimi kit there's a knock at the door it's lucy soaking wet because you can <laughs> Kim gave her that bus pass and was like, I can't leave my house right now as a thing, but I'm going to hook you up with this bus pass, but 
don't make the mistake and get off at the wrong stop, Babu, because it's got $2.25 on it. It's got enough on it to get you to that hotel. If you try anything jazzy, if you see a Popeye's and you pull the little handle to get off to get that chicken, that's where you're staying for the night, sis. Like, I have nothing else to give you. So You're going to have to call Dan Aykroyd on collect if you think you need more cash to get away. Right? This is where it begins and where it ends, sis. So... She gets to the hotel. She walks in. Everybody sees her. Lucy is, to put it lightly, crestfallen. Um, (laughs) She comes into the room. Okay, Lucy should be crestfallen. Brittany's doing what Brittany can do. Brittany's giving us the best Brittany can give us. I wrote, I was like, I think Brittany is actually, she's bringing the real tears. Those are, those come from, you know, they're coming from deep. I don't know where or what. Okay. So Brittany sort of navigates the room. <laughs> You're not gonna give that to her. You don't think those are real tears? <laughs> yeah, all right. So Brittany navigates to the bathroom. She sort of like makes a beeline. Everybody's sort of asking her questions, and she's sort of like, talk to you later. She goes into the bathroom. Um, this is her, this is her, this is, I think, her best emotional moment in the movie. I will agree with you there. She this sits- is the moment I'm talking about, the moment in the bathroom where she brings the tears. I, I think, think what I what real. I read was that and somebody I'm giving told credit her, where credit is due. What I read was that somebody told her Lou Pearlman was there, and that was all it took to <laughs> to get her to get her crying. Um, please don't make me see him. So, so she's in the bathroom. She tells, she, okay. So then Ben is elected for some reason, even though her two best friends who she shared so much with are in the room, Ben is elected to go into the bathroom. Um, (laughs) It's so weird. Like if that was my best friend, I'd be like, you stay out here. But Ben goes in the room. (laughs) This is what she tells Ben that her mother told her. She says that her mother told her that she never wanted her, that her father made her have her and that she was a mistake. (laughs) <laughs> like it, this this struck me as a bit heavy-handed on the writer's part it was like it was just like Did it? It, like we didn't really there was no artful or great no grace to be found like it was just like you you were the equivalent of like the turd that I try to flush down the toilet and that little nugget that pops back up that was you baby girl and I kept trying to Trying to flush and flush and flush, and you kept floating back you up. Kept so I dipped out of town. Up. <laughs> so that whole moment happens. Her friends give her some like you know bullshit like a consolation prize of like it okay? their friendship, and it's like uh, although honestly they should have had Zoe just be like you could have had my mom's sis, so be happy. <laughs> um, so you're gonna have big Bev me- measuring your, you know, exactly fat content. <laughs> measuring your fat content, and then also like making you put on bathing suits around her so she can like push you in the closet before like somebody <laughs> sees you in a bathing suit. Um, so this all happens. Then the next day, Ben rushes into the room and he says to Lucy, like, I let me see your journal. He she gives him the journal. He said, like, I want to see that that poem that you read me the other day. Ben rips the poem, which is five sentences. He rips the page out of her fucking journal as opposed to like, I don't know why it couldn't have been a moment of him trans, like transposing it. I don't know why this was necessary, but there's something about I read about the taking, same thing. It's because it's it's an assault. It's a violation. There's something about <laughs> like, taking without somebody's... Without even 
asking. Like you just nope. rip something out of someone's journals. Yeah, very rude. It's really unnecessary too. You could have also just said, "Grab your journal. Let's head down." And like had the moment of her reading it or whatever. Like you have to rip the page out. It was five sentences. This is not like we're not dealing with Chaucer here. Like you could have, you could have like easily, you know, taken those, written those sentences out. This isn't the Raven. It's literally, literally, absolutely five sentences. So they take it out. They they read. They they do it. This is like the really big moment, pivotal moment where Ben is behind you know behind the keys he's playing he's playing it he's sort of like well he takes her to a room with a piano in it that somehow exists in this hotel that they have full access to access to and he starts playing it and Brittany's sort of like she paces her way through it little by little um and it is he runs her through it she's like the thing is is that like she starts he starts playing music to her poem and she like Sings like she already knows it. Yeah, and, like does. there's no. She's like because she does, but she's like already doing like the little runs. Like she's already taking it's liberties. Like, how do you yeah. know to do that? Yeah, and so yeah. she gets through it. It's of course the iconic. I'm not a girl, not yet a woman, and mm-hmm. she sings it, and it's great. They have a moment on the piano bench where they finally kiss for the first time. Do you want to give the song a try? <laughs> And here's the thing I have the answer to everything But now I know Everything? Like <laughs> <laughs> turned it into a reggae song? <laughs> um, I hit it with that I hit it with that That Nikki thing Um, that's what it is They kiss Lucy calls home to her to her dad again, letting him know Just basically he was fine, and that she he was right about her mom being a garbage person. And then there's like a scene in a car. We have a jam sesh to Cheryl Crow. Um, if it makes you happy, that. it was so good. I love Cheryl. I know um, you love a little Tuesday Night Music Club. Man, I'm telling <laughs> you, all I want to do is have a little fun before I die. Says the man next to me out of nowhere. Um, so that very much happens. It's great. There's a scene. They finally get to the beach. Mimi's been wanting to get to the Pacific Ocean. They're frolicking, and then. Um, um, so they go to the they go to the area to get the um, the record company they sign up for or, the audition. The sign up for the audition. They go there. Ben reveals that he's got friends in LA and he's gonna quote unquote try and put a band together. Which I everybody's got a friend in LA. Lofty, more than one to put a <laughs> band together, but he's got ambition. <laughs> and then um, there's a but there's a beach scene right before this where Lucy reveals she wants to stay in LA. She loves it there. Um, they go to the uh, they go there they do the sign up so kit calls dylan from the hotel um to tell him she's in town you can tell that he's trying everything he can to get out of having to see her but you know she's she says you know she ends a conversation she says you know i want to go sightseeing um mimi's like oh i want to go too lucy of course is like like when you have two friends who are fucking around and everybody in the group knows is like oh i'll stay here um ben's like oh yeah you know what novel idea me too (laughs) And so Mimi and Kit take off under the guise of going sightseeing, but we all know that's not going to happen. Kit's going to going to see Dylan, and Mimi's along for the ride. Mimi is very like. Although Mimi to, does not know that's happening. No, no, Mimi doesn't know that's happening. She's Mimi's like, very, what? Um, I don't want to go see. She doesn't want to go see him. She doesn't want to do this. Kit insists. Um, they get to the apartment. 
Also during this time period is the deflowering of Lucy happening simultaneously at the hotel. The shirts are come off. And so we know when shirts come off of peach two straight really people. skipping over that. Yeah. The shirts come off. There's a look that they give each other. It's time. And it's a really sensual, <laughs> sexual scene. I'm and sure. Ben's like, are you sure? And Lucy's like, this will do. So they start going at it. <laughs> And then we head back. He has to, a tattoo on his back that looks like it's drawn on with a Sharpie. It's really sexy. They show up at Dylan's apartment. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan answers the door. There's another girl there. Kit is so shocked and upset. We see Mimi's in the background. She seems to not be handling any of this well. <laughs> um, this was a twist for me. There's a moment where... She's standoffish. Uh, she doesn't want to talk to very standoffish. She's staring at the ground in the background. You see the moment where Dylan says, hey, Mimi, and Mimi acknowledges that she knows him. There's confusion in this moment for Kit because she doesn't realize these two know each other. Um, but you can see her sort of putting the pieces together. She realizes another woman in the apartment. Dylan sort of like broaches the subject of ending the relationship with her. He says he's been wanting to do, he wanted to do it in person, but like, not like this, a bunch of bullshit. She notes that he is drinking out of a blue uh, beer out of a blue bottle. She puts the pieces together that this is the man who raped Mimi. Um, she has a full sort of like breakdown. Mimi tries to leave. Kit goes and grabs her and says, no, we're going to confront him. I don't care about where you're at in your process of dealing with the drama. You're coming back up here with me and I'm going to, we're going to give him the what for. And Mimi's very much not wanting to do this. Well, and it doesn't seem like Kit has had a lot of like trauma training. No, like. no. And also it's like, it's like Kit's like, I'm going to like, we're going to use your trauma to also lay an am about what happened with me. Um, so Kit's confronting him. Mimi takes off and in one of those classic dinks, um, while headed down the stairs, I audibly, I laughed out loud at this moment. Um, it was handled so poorly by the director. Kit, uh, Mimi takes a fall, takes a tumble. And in her fall, she drops... Did you know the sound that she made when she fell? What was it? Ah! <laughs> And she drops the globe, the globe keychain that was the world that she was going to see. She drops it, of course, in a poetic moment. Um, and then the next scene is them at the hospital. I wrote down that Dan Aykroyd is too loud for this hospital lobby. He's, <laughs> he is yelling at Lucy in the middle of a hospital lobby and people are staring, rightly so, and it's inappropriate. Yeah. And by the way, Mimi did lose the baby. We should mention. Yeah, Mimi I'm does. not laughing because that's a tragic yeah, you thing. Are. No, but the whole person. thing, how it's rolled out, is so quick. How and Mimi's it's like rolled out when she takes a tumble. <laughs> She's been raped by Kit's fiance. The baby is his. And in the same, I want to say four minutes, we she also loses the baby. It's like yeah, it's so much it's a happens. lot at one time. So all of that happens. Uh Dan Ackward's here. He's like, you all, all of you are coming home with me. Nobody else's parents decided to get on a flight. They all were just sort of like, he's got it. So you're coming home with me. And, you know, 
that's sort of like it. Lucy goes in, talks briefly to Mimi. She's still processing everything, though. Lucy also goes back to the hotel to get her her belongings. She tells Ben, I'm going to my dad's hotel. He doesn't want me to stay here. And she's sort of like, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Ben is upset, of course, but he's sort of processing it because he has no choice. Um, There's a moment where Kit goes to visit Mimi in the hospital as well. I'm sorry, were you going to say something, Jane? No, I was just gonna I was just gonna note that like he Ben is like he always does this thing where he or he has done previously does this thing where he's like he's definitely mad about the situation but says he isn't and just leaves the situation and acts mad. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, what can we do for you then if you're not gonna own up to this anger? You know, yeah, just or make a declaration of love or anything. So exactly. all of this happens, and then Kit and Mimi have the moment in the hospital. Kit's really apologetic. Mimi's like, it's not your fault, girl, which it isn't, you know, like this happened to me and it's unfortunate, but like, I don't blame you because your boyfriend raped me. So they have a, you know, a moment of sweetness. So casual the way you said that. No, I just meant like how, like in what world am I blaming you for like the trauma that was caused by a person? You had no idea. Totally. Um, Absolutely. And so all of this happens after this, the girls sort of get ready to head back home because Dan Ackward's shown up and he's taken him back. And there's a moment where Mimi mm-hmm. and Kit are sort of trying to get Lucy to stay. And Lucy's like, no, you know, my dad's here. I, you know, I have to do what he tells me to do. And, you know, Ben shows up at the, at the hotel before they all three of them leave. Um, but he has an embrace with Lucy. Lucy gets in the cab like, as her dad instructed her and they sort of start to pull away. And, Lucy, uh, I think, is emboldened in a moment. I think she realizes in this moment that this is sort of one of those defining moments in your life where you have to pick a path to go down. And she says to Mm -hmm. her father, don't make me do what she did. Don't make me run. And she looks at him. She takes off the locket. She hands it to him. So, I mean, he's got to gather himself because Lucy... I wrote down the exact same line. Oh, it yeah. Was like, a, I mean, it's like a... So much to say to lot. your dad who has lot. come and rescued you from a fiasco you've created, which, by the way, he forgives her so quickly, too. He's like, at the beginning of this cab ride, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Lucy, for, for yelling at you. It's just blah, blah, blah. And it's like... If my if that was my father, by the way, shout out to Billy Hammer. If that was my father, he would literally be mad at me forever. I threw a party in high school when they went out when they went out of town, and like my dad, like just recently stopped bringing it up. Like this is like he literally forgives her so quickly. It's really quick. It's probably because he was yelling at her in the hospital. He's probably like, I took I took it too far. But so this whole thing happens. She says, don't make me run. Don't make me leave you alone like mom did so you can die by yourself in that house. Um, (laughs) And so he stops the car and out of fear of losing her and due to like emotional leverage, he has no choice. Um, And so she gets out of the car and she runs up to Ben and embraces him. And and I wrote down, dad is resigned. So he just has no choice what to do with it. Um, And then Lucy, of course, the next scene is her performing at that talent show. And I wrote down that the judges seem unimpressed because every judge Mm -hmm. looked like they'd rather be somewhere else. And one judge looked like they could have had a V8. And um, 
the song continues and they're not quite as unimpressed, but they're still not like over the moon about her, which I thought just from a performance standpoint for this movie was anything but subtle. You might as well have had the moment of them all like ooing and aahing. But Exactly, like winning or giving it to them. But no, that didn't happen. And I wrote down that, but dad is there, her father, and he's very pleased. And he finally sees the, the great talent that I think he's been so blinded, you know, and unable to see up to this point. And the movie's a wrap at that point. And well, I do want to call out Lucy is wearing the most insane shirt of all time. Those, but that was performing. classic Britney for that time period. That was that was canon for Britney Spears during this it's time period. Absolutely, the Britney really canon. intense long sleeves, and then like all your entire midriff, midriff is just totally free. That was and classic. Let Britney. me tell you, and the low she cut looks jeans. great in it. And the low With cut the jeans, fabric, the fabric on those sleeves could outfit a king size bed. Yeah. I mean it's just too much. She gets it's lost opulence. In it. It's opulence. It's a wealthy woman <laughs> doing rich bitch things. Um yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It had like it had some really great like you know hijinks. It was it was what it was. Brittany definitely was not horrible at all in it. She does a fine job. No. Mm-hmm. She does a fine job. I mean, job. she does as good of a job as you would expect her to be able to do, given that she's exactly. not a professional actor. Exactly. But she, she, you know, and again, the character was not a huge stretch, I'm sure. Yeah. Emotionally. But, you know, I thought she did a great job. And it's it's just a fun movie. It's really the only Britney Spears movie. And she's such an icon, yeah. you know, that like how we can't help but you know, appreciate and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and love. So I guess my question for you is, would you watch it again? No. (laughs) I knew you were going to say Did you have any more questions or was that a... (laughs) I knew it was going to be a hard sell for you either way. If I was in in like a hotel room and like it came on, I probably would be like, oh, all right, I'll keep that on the background while I do something on my computer. But I, would I would never sit would down and you would, attention to it. You would text me jokes about it. That's what I would hope. Yeah, I would do that. Mm-hmm. It's it's also like, it's kind of boring. It's boring when you really have to pay attention to yeah. it in the way that we had to watching it for this recording. Yes. But it was fine, though. It wasn't a horrible mm-hmm. movie at all. She gave a fine performance. I love Taryn Manning. I love Zoe Saldana. So it was great to, I mean, to see everybody. I mean, I don't love Taryn Manning or Zoe Saldana. They're both fine actresses, <laughs> though. And I've seen them in other things that I've enjoyed them in. Let's get that back to, like, reality. Um, <laughs> in this scenario, you love them. Come on. They're fine. They were fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was it was fun. I'm happy that I saw it. I'd never seen it before. And I'm happy that you suggested it. Because I probably would have never watched it if you hadn't. I knew so you. I'm, and I'm happy that I've seen it now. I am. Me too. I'm I'm so glad. All right. So um, we thank you for tuning in with us and going on this journey with us on the crossroads. And um, we look forward to, you know, hearing your thoughts and your your feelings. And um, we hope you'll be tuning in next week as well. All right. Bye. Bye. Movies we missed. And rewatch and rewatch and rewatch.